Kentucky basketball was picked to finish sixth in the SEC, according to the Almanac, and I really do think that the Wildcats deserve to be higher heading into the season. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. You can get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, we are going to be taking a look at what the Almanac has to say about Kentucky basketball in the SEC this season. Uh, It is a college basketball season preview that was released on Wednesday night, and uh, John Calipari and co., Projected to finish sixth in the SEC. How do we feel about it? Not that great. Going to tell you why on today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Also, on today's episode, going to go through the top 10 point guards in Kentucky basketball history history according to ChatGPT. This is not my list, so don't come after me. Come after the AI. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the show. If you're listening on podcast, would really appreciate for your follow or subscription wherever you are listening there. So let's go ahead and get into it. If you want to check this article out over at wildcatstoday.com, it's where I write Andy Patton, co-host of the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, actually uh, posted over there writing about Kentucky finishing or projected to finish sixth in the SEC, according to the Almanac. And again, that is a college basketball season preview. I believe uh, Goodman is, is, is a part of this a little bit as well. Um, it projects uh, standings for every conference in the country. Texas A&M was the team that was picked to win the SEC. We've talked about A&M quite a bit here on the show. Talked with uh, Andrew Stefaniak, host of the Locked On Aggies podcast as well. Probably going to have him on here very soon to discuss how we feel about the Aggies and the Wildcats heading into this conference because I think the SEC is going to be pretty strong this year. Not going to lie. I think they're going to have some really good teams at the tops. And I think that the, the Aggies and the Wildcats are probably in that top three or four, and that just kind of gives away how I feel about Kentucky basketball um, being selected here uh, at sixth. I've also uh, got a bit of an issue here, guys. My camera may die at some point during this recording, and at which point I will just swap the battery out. Uh, hopefully I noticed that. So Texas A&M picked to win the SEC. Kentucky was picked behind A&M, and then in second place, Tennessee, third, Alabama, fourth, Arkansas, Mississippi State, fifth, or uh, Florida Auburn, Missouri, Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, LSU, Georgia, South Carolina, behind Kentucky. So one more time, Wildcats were picked behind the Texas A&M Aggies, Tennessee Volunteers, Alabama Crimson Tide, Arkansas Razorbacks, and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. We've talked a little bit here on the show, just kind of going through the different transfer portal additions in the SEC, how good Mississippi State could potentially be this season with some new offensive weapons around their really talented center, Tolu Smith, 
I don't know if Mississippi State's a top five team in this league with the other teams that are going to be competing uh, for that double buy in the SEC tournament. I think that Auburn, I think that Ole Miss, Florida, Arkansas, Kentucky are teams that could certainly finish above them in this conference race. But as we've seen over the past couple of years, I mean, really anything could happen in, in this league. So uh, I would not be shocked if Mississippi State finished fifth. I would not predict them to finish fifth. And that's kind of where I want to start my argument here today is I think Kentucky should be a top four team projected uh, in this league uh, heading into this season. Why? Well, to look at last year with the issues across the board on the roster, with the injuries that piled up, Kentucky was still able to be a, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, a top four team in the SEC. Now, obviously, the Wildcats were nothing special heading into the NCAA tournament, but whenever it comes to conference play, the Wildcats were still able to finish third uh, at 12 and six uh, in, in uh, across the league slate. So I think Kentucky heading into this year, when you look at their roster compared to last season, I think you are significantly better at guard. I think you have two guards that you can feel really confident in leading this offense. And then you've got a couple of guys off ball that you have to feel very excited about. One of them returning in Antonio Reeves and then Reed Shepard also as well, I think can do a lot of great things for Kentucky coming off the bench in in Reeves' absence. So I think that you have great backcourt players. I think you have a NBA lottery pick in your, in your starting wing at just, uh, with Justin Edwards, a tank in a Duthiero. We talked about him potentially starting for the Wildcats recently actually on the podcast. And then if your front court is healthy, if your front court is healthy, this is a top four team in the league. I mean, just based on what they have on paper and based on how Cal has done things in the past with freshmen, you'd like to think that a good regular season is in store for UK, uh, at least in 2023. I don't necessarily know if I feel confident saying that Arkansas retooling their roster, they got some great transfer portal players in there. How does that shake out in league play? I think that that's a conversation that we need to have about how they are able to handle things and gel together. Obviously, they're a very good postseason team. Eric Musselman and co. have proven that over the past couple of years. Uh, how they do in the SEC, though, I think that's something that we have to watch. Alabama obviously lost a couple of their best players, Brandon Miller being the primary star there. They brought in a couple of different dudes at guard that I think you have to be really excited about. But I don't necessarily know if they have the height to contend like they have the past few years in this league. I think maybe Nate Oates and his system can kind of carry them to a good season. That's a very good possibility. Um, but Alabama's going to be uh, short. Obviously, they brought in Grant Nelson. Um, I don't know how how excited I am about him if I'm the Crimson Tide being your starting center, not being as maybe physical as some other centers in this league. Obviously, a phenomenal scorer and a potential NBA draft prospect. Very, very special type of player with lots of potential, especially in this NATO system. But when it comes to the bruising nature of the SEC, how does that translate? Is Alabama's rim protection going to be very solid? I don't think it was incredibly elite a season ago. They obviously had issues in the uh, NCAA tournament. Couldn't buy buckets with their star players at the end of the day. How does that translate when you are physically grinding things out against teams like Mississippi State, teams like Florida, teams like Auburn, teams like uh, Ole Miss, for example? I think they're going to be much improved defensively this upcoming season. So I think there are a couple of teams here that are deserving of being projected top four uh, play, uh, teams uh, in this SEC. But in terms of the players outside of them that are just kind of floating Arkansas, Mississippi State, Florida, I think Kentucky's got a better roster. And I think they project out better 
than some of these other schools do. Now, some of you may come in and you may correct me and you may say, no, well, Florida or the Bulldogs or a team like Auburn or Missouri or Ole Miss or maybe even Vanderbilt, you know, they've got these things going on and it makes them a top 10 team, top four rather team, top five team in this league because of these things that have happened in the past. And we can have that conversation. I'm just saying what my argument comes back to with this almanac is I understand that age is an issue. I understand Kentucky being young is an issue. But they've got two very veteran, experienced players that are going to be uh, in primary positions for them, not just in terms of minutes, but in terms of how they execute on uh, the offensive and defensive end of the floors, uh, ends of the floor, I should say. I think just Kentucky right now, despite their youth, they've got a lot of talent. I think it trumps. Uh, I think it trumps everybody, but maybe three or four schools uh, in this uh, in this uh, SEC here this upcoming season. I just think Kentucky's up there. I think they're a top four team in this league. No disrespect to A&M, no disrespect to Tennessee, no disrespect to teams like Mississippi State, who I think are going to be much improved this season. Again, I think they're going to be a good team. This is a good conference. I just, I like what UK has on paper. That's what I continue to go back to. And if they have this talent, I mean, we've, we've seen this before. We've seen this story before. So if you've got any thoughts on Kentucky basketball being ranked, projected to finish sixth in the SEC, this upcoming season, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. I want to get to these top 10 point guards in Kentucky basketball history. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand, and it's really simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com promo code Locked On. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Daw hanging out here with you. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. So we did this on a recent episode asking about the top 10 centers in Kentucky basketball history. We asked ChatGPT and AI what they thought about this. And they gave a pretty interesting list. If you want to go check that out, it's I think it's the most recent episode here on YouTube, also on the podcast feed. If you want to go uh, take a look there uh, before this episode, uh, it, it it was a it was a roller coaster, I think. And obviously, Oscar Sheebway is not on there because of ChatGPT's one issue, which we'll point out here before we dive into today's list. Into today's list, it does not pick up things. Uh, January 2022 on. It only has history and sports notes all the way up to December of 2021. So 2022 on, it's got nothing. So keep that in mind as we dive into this top 10 list here. To be honest with you, I don't think that there were any Wildcats over the past two years that deserve to be in this top 10 list. Maybe you disagree. I don't necessarily think so. Without further ado, though, let's start here at number 10. At number 10, if you had to guess what on earth chat GPT the AI thinks, and again, if you want to leave a comment about this, I would strongly encourage you to do so. Just don't get mad at me. 
Brandon Knight is your number 10 point guard in Kentucky basketball history. Played one year, 2010 to 2011, and this is what ChatGPT says. A combo guard who is clutch in big moments, particularly in the NCAA tournament in 2011. 17 points per game, 4.2 assists, averaged almost a steal per game, shot 79% from the free throw line, 37% from three, very solid there. Only shot 46% from two, giving him a 42.3% field goal percentage overall, also averaged four rebounds uh, per game. Brandon Knight was really good in the one season that he played with the Wildcats, and I can confirm uh, he had some really strong clutch moments uh, for UK. Now, of course, obviously, Kentucky basketball didn't win a national championship that season. I believe, I'll just pull it up here for you real quick. They lost in the semifinal, or they, excuse me, they lost in the, um, I want to say, in the uh, the natty, in the natty chip to Connecticut. Am I tripping right now? Am I just completely forgetting how this 2011 season played out? I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm completely forgetting how this 2011 season played out. You lost 56-55, I believe, in the Natty Chip to UConn, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong there. Uh, I apologize if I am. If I'm not mistaken, it was, in fact, the... uh, No, it was the Final Four. Duh. Lance, come on now. Anyway, Brandon Knight's your number 10 player. Let's move along. I have just shown just how uh, long of a day it's been for me (laughs) going through Brandon Knight in 2011 history. How that completely slipped my mind, I don't know. Brandon Knight's your number 10. Number nine is Anthony Epps. Some of you guys may may remember him. I was not alive whenever he played 1993 to 1997. Uh, I don't know if he deserves to be on this list. I'll tell you in just a second why. But ChatGPT says Epps was the, was the floor leader for the 1996 championship team and is remembered for his steadiness and leadership. Anthony Epps averaged in his career 6.2 points. A little under four assists, 2.3 total rebounds, 1.3 steals. He shot almost 40% from three, only shot 43.5% from two, shot 82% from the foul line. So he was a good shooter. He also just did not get a ton of minutes until his final year where he averaged almost nine points, almost five assists, over three rebounds per game, shot 38% from beyond the arc, only 40% from inside the arc. So he had his moments. He certainly had his moments. He was an efficient player uh, from beyond the arc and distributing the basketball whenever he was given the opportunity and uh, racked up some numbers for UK. Is it deserving of top 10 all-time status? Um, Possibly because he won a ring, Um, but at the same time, I I don't know if there are... If there are not any other guards in Kentucky history that I think could compare to him statistically, I think that that would be just as, if not more, impressive. So Anthony Epps at at number nine. At number eight, Roger Harden, 1982 to 1986, one of the top assist leaders in the program's history. Averaged 4.1 assists per game during his career, 498 of them uh, during his four seasons with the Wildcats. He had 232 in his final year. That was good for 6.4 assists per game. Also averaged 6.8 assists per game. Shot almost 84% from the foul line. 52%. 52% from the floor. Uh, that's according to uh, Sports Reference, by the way. If you want to go check out any of these stats, just literally Google their names. Say co- put college stats after it. Uh, very, very solid. That's what you want your point guard to do. Distribute the basketball. And uh, he absolutely got it done in his senior season. Uh, one of the best assist men in Kentucky basketball history, Roger Harden, I think deserves to be in the conversation to be on this list at the very least. Number seven, 
De'Aaron Fox, a bit a little bit of a more modern player here. Uh, according to ChatGPT, like John Wall, Fox played just one season at Kentucky, but showcased elite speed, playmaking, and defensive prowess. Average 1.5 steals there, talking about the defensive prowess. 4.6 assists, averaged almost 17 points per game. Only shot 24% from three, was not known for his three-point shot, obviously. Over 52% from inside the arc. No, we all know how crafty he was uh, getting to his spots uh, during his time for the Wildcats. Just such a great backcourt uh, during his lone year uh, with with UK, I believe the one year with Malik Monk, that was just that was just so much fun. That team should want a ring. Um, but anyway, point being, uh, excuse me, De'Aaron Fox here at number seven. I think he deserves to be here. If he had worked on his three point shot just a little bit and was able to get that number up to maybe twenty eight thirty percent in a second season with UK, and he was able to possibly get. Uh, to that national championship at the very least. I think he would be considered a top five-point guard uh, in Kentucky history. Uh, That's just me. Travis Ford at number six, 1991 to 1994, an an excellent playmaker and shooter. Ford played a key role in Rick Pitino's early teams. And you talk about the shooting here. Let me just rattle off some of these numbers here for you. And I think it is absolutely deserving of a uh, at least a conversation here to make him potentially top 10. During his career with Kentucky, he averaged 4.3 assists, 2 rebounds, 1.2 steals, and 9.5 points. He shot 88.2% in his career from the foul line. He shot 91% during his senior year, his fifth year. 91%. He also shot during his time with Kentucky, shot 44.5% from beyond the arc. In his, in his second year with the Wildcats, after transferring from Missouri, he shot 52% from three, averaging 5.6 three-point attempts per game. The man put up 5.6 three-pointers per game and hit three of them per contest. Averaged 13.6 points per game that year, by the way. And then also, by the way, he shot, uh, let's see here, he shot 44.1% from inside the arc. So, I... You're looking for numbers here. Me, personally, I'm looking for numbers. Uh, the fact that he was able to get this done and was able to play with the Wildcats for so long, scored over 1,100 points during his college career, 951 with UK. Yeah, I think that he's deserving of at least being in this conversation. You have to love the shooting percentages to go along with assist there. With the assist there. You don't necessarily need a ton of points. He got double-digit points in his final two years with UK. That's what you want. That's what you want if you're looking for somebody here in this top 10 list. All right, we've got five more to go, uh, a couple of different, more modern players, and we're going to throw it back to the 80s and then the 1940s for our final player here. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. You can snap into the action this NFL season with, with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That is $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is also really easy to use. On top of this, there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more on top of that. So you need to visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with FanDuel. It's an official partner of the NFL. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. 
Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky, again, your first listen every single day. If you've not checked out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast with Andy Patton and Isaac Shade, they do great work over there on that pod. They have me on sometimes. They have experts, coaches, analysts, all different kinds of people to give you insight on what's going on in the college basketball world. So please head over there to YouTube or wherever you get your podcast and subscribe if you want to know more about what's going on in the college basketball scene. At number five here on our list of the top 10 point guards in Kentucky basketball history, we have Tyler Eulis, a personal favorite of mine here. ChatGPT says, standing at just five foot nine, Eulis was a two-time SEC player of the year and had one of the best single season total assist totals in school history. Take a look at the numbers here with me. And over the course of two years with Kentucky, I really want to focus here on his senior season, or excuse me, his second year with UK, um, because that's where he truly shined. 17.3 points, shot 85.6% from the free throw line, shot 34% from three, shot 42% from three the the season prior, by the way. He shot almost 49% from inside the arc. He also averaged seven assists per contest and one and a half steals. Doesn't get any better than this. Uh, Kentucky also very solid. Uh, that season as well. Uh, just a great year, I think, for Kentucky basketball. And Tyler Eulis uh, leading the charge there. Shame you got you, you lost to Indiana in, in the second round. But overall, as far as the regular season goes, loved that SEC tournament run. Loved that SEC championship game, if I'm not mistaken, against the Texas A&M Aggies. So much fun. And Tyler Eulis was a huge part of that. Uh, some of my favorite uh, Kentucky moments come uh, from that team and come from Tyler Eulis. Just being a dog at 5'9". He deserves to be in this top 10, I think. At number four, we've got another pretty recent player, one of the bigger ones during uh, John Calipari's first year uh, with the program. John Wall played just one season for the Wildcats, but made a significant impact. Wall's speed, vision, and playmaking ability set him apart. That's what ChatGPT had to say here. Taking a look at the numbers in just one season, 16.6 points per game. 6.5 assists per game to go along with four turnovers per game as well. Just want to note that there. 75.4% from the foul line, 32% from three, shot over 50% from inside the arc in 34.8 minutes per game. 616 points in one season with UK. Solid. Think it's top 10 worthy uh, what he was able to do. Again, the speed is what you remember. The strength and the finishing, the highlights from that team. Uh, that That team was also another team that was a lot of fun. Very young. Uh, whenever that team played. So don't remember a lot. I have to go back and watch highlights and get to appreciate just how special a player like John Wall was. Into the top three, and some of these players you may not recognize, if you do remember them, would really appreciate it if you left the, uh, them in the YouTube comments below. I've not got a chan- gotten a chance to read y'all's individual comments, but I got to see some of you talk about some of these players that you remember, the centers here um, from the 80s and the 90s, and that was really awesome. I need to dive into what you guys had to say uh, about these different players. Really, really cool stuff. Dirk Minifield, 1979 to 1983. He was a tremendous ball distributor and ranks high on Kentucky's all-time assists list. If you go and look, he had 646 total assists, averaged 3.7, 5.4, 6.3, and 5.8 assists in his four years with the Wildcats. Uh, for you to average almost four assists as a freshman and then to just go through and, and just tear things up while also shooting 52% from the floor and getting yourself... points per game. He had double-digit scoring seasons in your your sophomore and junior year. Uh, At six foot three, back in the uh, back in the eighties here. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. We'll take this. These are great numbers 
uh, considering the era. And uh, I will absolutely take this as a top 10 player in Kentucky basketball history. Kyle Macy, 1977-1980. This is number two on the list, a key player for the Wildcats. Macy was known for his shooting, ball handling, and leadership on the court. And boy, howdy, did this dude shoot pretty darn well overall at Kentucky. Shot 52% from the floor. Also averaged 4.8 assists per game. Averaged 15.4 points per game in his final year. Almost averaged 13 in his year that Kentucky won the national title in the 1977-78 season. Transferred in from Purdue, by the way. Averaging almost 14 as a freshman at Purdue. And then proceeded to get even more buckets with the Wildcats. 1,411 points during his time as a Wildcat. 1,784 overall. Again, for a, for a player that's in the, the 70s and the 80s. Great numbers. You got yourself a ring. I think that that's definitely top 10 worthy. Ralph Beard is your number one player. According to ChatGPT, best point guard of all time in Kentucky basketball history, part of UK's Fabulous Five that won the NCAA championship in 1948-1949. Obviously, we got to talk about, I believe it was Alex Groza uh, on yesterday's show, about how he's one of the best centers in Kentucky basketball history. 12 and a half and then 10.9 points per game in his two seasons with UK. Uh, he shot, it says, 29% from the floor in his uh and his in his second year with UK, but it says he shot overall sixty four point nine percent during his career with the Wildcats, according to Sports Reference. Even though it does not show what he shot uh, during his first year, his junior year uh, with UK. So uh, interesting that they don't have the numbers there. I mean, I'm not particularly shocked considering it was the forties. Um, but Ralph Beard getting those two rings um, for for the time, getting those numbers as well. I think it's deserving of top ten. Don't know if it's necessarily deserving of a top uh, of a of a top five first overall ranking. Maybe you guys disagree because of the rings. If you have any thoughts on Kentucky basketball's top ten point guards in history and their history, you can leave that in the YouTube comments below. All right, I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lancedal underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked on Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless.